Hey everyone, and welcome back to Infinity Watchers with John and Jared. We are coming to you live from a cave with a box of scraps. And this week we are going to talk about the sixth episode of What If. Um, what if Killmonger saved Tony Stark? Very interesting premise to this one. Yeah, I really liked this concept and, and the execution of it. Uh, yeah. It was fun. It, it was, was a lot of fun and like very, very intriguing too. Yeah, I think, you know, we will talk about news before we go into our deep dive on it. But, you know, if I could sum it up, I think it is one of the more logical what ifs. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. everything about it made sense for how, how things would would go if this were um, actually the way things went down in Afghanistan for Tony. So it's it's definitely definitely an interesting concept and probably the most grounded episode we've seen so far <laughs> well for as grounded sense, as you can get <laughs> as, as grounded as this show can get um and i kind of like that as a, a bit of a, a change of pace but but yeah before we dive into that uh let's talk about some of the news this week and uh there was there was quite a bit um including a hawkeye trailer which we'll talk about in a little bit here uh but first before that uh, we had some news uh, with WandaVision, and that's it. It won some Emmys. Very impressive. Yeah. So uh, the primetime Emmys haven't been held yet, and I believe those are happening this weekend, if not in the next couple weeks. Um, these were for the Creative Arts Emmys. Um, personally, I don't follow the Emmys as much as I do, say, the Oscars or even the Grammys at times or the uh, the Golden Globes. But. Um, and I'll explain why in a second here, but uh, right now WandaVision has 23 nominations in total. Uh, it is the second highest number for any show right behind both The Crown and The Mandalorian, which are tied at 24 nominations each. So Disney's just competing with itself there with The Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which I don't think they're complaining too much. Um, yeah, definitely not. But over the weekend, uh, the Creative Arts Emmys were, were given out. And WandaVision won for Best Narrative Half-Hour Production Design and Sci-Fi Fantasy Costumes. And this is part of the reason why I don't follow the Emmys. It's because of how specific and, like, granular these awards are. Yeah. Um, This is the first set of Emmy wins for Marvel Studios, um, but it's not the first for a Marvel show. Uh, Back when the what was it marvel television or whatever the that studio was called yep. um for the netflix series um and jessica jones won for its theme music and just to rattle off a few of the primetime emmys that the show is nominated for um we have lead actor in a limited series or tv movie uh, that, that will go to paul bettany we have lead actress in a limited series or TV movie, and that would be Elizabeth Olsen. And then we have uh, WandaVision itself nominated for Best Limited Series. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll find out in the next couple days or weeks uh, if any if the show picks up any other wins. Yeah, there's there's some stiff competition there, as we talked about in a previous episode when we went over the nominations. Yeah. Um. So I wouldn't be surprised if they don't pick one up there, but uh, nonetheless, it's cool to see them win a few. Yeah, and I'm not sure what the other nominees were for the production design, but I really liked that this picked up with that win. Uh, I really liked how they built uh, Westview and Eastview 
and um, as well as all of the different sets from the different uh, television eras. And I thought it was just neat how they were able to incorporate into or incorporate the show into what was the golden age of television. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, though, I am not really surprised. I, I don't know what the competition was there, but I'm not really surprised to see it win those, you know, given the just the heavy amount of costume design they had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from the the typical over the top Marvel costumes that we're used to, like with Agatha and Wanda and mm-hmm. Vision, um, to the to Halloween the, costumes, the yeah, the Halloween costumes. It's like era specific costumes they mm-hmm. had to had to do. So uh, definitely is definitely is impressive there. And then the production design, just you know, from the the opening credits of every episode, <laughs> just setting off the tone and setting the tone for the entire. The entire half hour of TV you were about to watch it, <laughs> you know, it's top to bottom was was a very technically impressive show. All right. Well, let's uh, let's dive into this Hawkeye trailer because that was uh, it was kind of expected. You know, we're getting close. The show debuts on November 24th. So we're right around the the latest point we could expect a trailer. So um on Sunday night, I think it was, Jeremy Renner started teasing it on Instagram that the trailer would be released. Um, then Monday morning, it was. Um, so, Jared, what are, what were your thoughts and first impressions after watching the trailer? <laughs> I'm excited for this. This is, this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And th- this is about what I expected it to be. I Actually, I expected the show to be a little more serious, mm-hmm. but this is going... I, I didn't expect it to have a Christmas theme to it. Yeah, I had seen um, set photos... <laughs> from last year when they were filming and you know there was one shot where like a santa claus was passing in the background and the this set photo was taken at a time when it was definitely not christmas so <laughs> there was a lot of speculation <laughs> about like a winter setting but i really did not expect the heavy christmas themes that we got here <laughs> it makes me wonder what it's going to be like to kind of rewatch this in uh you know, June next year or something. <laughs> maybe a fun Christmas in July watching. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe we'll start a uh, Christmas in July Hawkeye drinking game of some yeah, sort. Yeah, sounds fun. Uh, but, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what this series has to bring. Um, I mean, we already know it's based off of the Matt Fratch and My Life is a Weapon run, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I can't mm-hmm. wait to read. I can't wait to reread it. Weeks. <laughs> so good. <laughs> um. What do you what do you expect from this show? Going I forward? I really think that that run is going to inform the show in a way that the comics typically don't in the MCU. Based on this trailer, okay, uh, they, it looks like they're taking a lot of elements from from that comic and more than I had expected. You know, to this point in the MCU, the Hawkeye that we've gotten has not been the Hawkeye from the comics. The Hawkeye in the comics, right? Like at least in this, this uh, my life is a weapon run, and you know, pretty much through his history, is more of a loner, um, and mm-hmm. you know, kind of down on his luck type, type like crafty, you know, makes something out of nothing type of guy. But with the MCU, we've seen like a super spy with a family and <laughs> a farm, and it, it just it <laughs> didn't mesh with what I had read um, in the that Matt Fraction run in the past. So I was curious to see how you know if they were adapting that, how they would get to that point with Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye, or if they would get to that point. Um, but I think they're doing it in a kind of creative way. It seems like he's uh, laying low after his time as Ronan and. Kind of, I don't know if he's hiding from 
gangs that are attacking him. I think that's kind of going to be the premise is he's being hunted basically. Mm-hmm. So he's put his mm-hmm. family in a safe place. Um, so it, it's an interesting way to get him to be like this street level hero, like just to put him sort of on the run. And this looks like the most grounded MCU series or film we've seen. Honestly, like it honestly gave me a lot of uh, Daredevil vibes in the trailer from some of the scenes, you know, a lot more comedic than Daredevil was, but Oh, definitely. But at the same time I got, you know, there's the scene where they're in a broken down building and he's tied to a chair and the mafia is like beating him up. Like that just reminded me of something <laughs> that would, you know, happen in one of the Netflix series. Yeah, and uh and speaking of Netflix series, you and I were kind of talking off air about this and I think we can speculate about it, but isn't Vincent D'Onofrio heavily hinting at the fact that his his Wilson fist might be returning in this. Yeah, so there um there have been some rumors. I haven't seen anything credible aside from, you know, some insiders mentioning it or, you know, saying it, but I haven't seen any actual evidence um that Fisk would be in this um as, you know, D'Onofrio as Kingpin, but you know, the Hawkeye vibes you get from this, or the, I'm sorry, the Daredevil vibes you get from this trailer. Of course, you get Hawkeye vibes from it, but the Daredevil vibes, um, you know, make you kind of uh, think a little bit more about that possibility. Um, you know, Kingpin in the comics has a lot of ties to Echo. We know Echo is going to play a big part in the series. Uh, we see a mm-hmm. quick shot of her in the trailer as well. Um, Oh, she in yeah. The there's just one like close up her. of her face, and that's that's about it. Nothing, no action shots or anything. But okay. yeah, in the comics, she was uh, actually raised by Fisk, like an adoptive daughter, sort of. So, um, you know, along with her having ties to Daredevil as well. So there, that's a possibility. But at the same time, after the Hawkeye trailer went out, people on Twitter started congratulating D'Onofrio on his role in Hawkeye. I think just hoping to trick him into admitting that he's in it without him, like actually watching the trailer, <laughs> just assuming that because people are congratulating him, that a shot of him is in the trailer or something. That's what people are trying to catch him up with. Um, he didn't outright respond to those, but he liked a ton of, a ton of the tweets that were, um, that were coming in, congratulating him on, on showing up in Hawkeye. So, um, that's I, that's amazing. I don't know if that's just him stoking the fires, if he's just kind of blindly liking tweets. But he, I mean, he is pretty. In the past, he's been pretty tuned into what's going on in terms of the the fan response to his Kingpin character. So mm-hmm. like he he he's either trolling or he's in the series. You know, like he, he knows what he's doing mm-hmm. one way or another. <laughs> like it's not an accidental yeah, no, he, thing. He, he, no, he's 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 a really smart guy from what I've heard in yeah. interviews and the uh and yeah, he, he knows mm-hmm. what he's doing. He he knows how to play in the Yeah, and he, he's very active on social media and like you know, engaging mm-hmm. with fans, especially Daredevil fans and he's been pretty vocal about wanting to return. You know, he's said he's wanted to face off against Tom Holland Spider Man in the past and and things like that. So um <laughs> and I, I think with, you know, you could easily easily frame it up as he's just another one of the mafia bosses that are after clint barton now because oh, clint took some of his men when uh, during his time as ronan so it was a natural entry point if they were to bring that character back i'm not expecting it oh de- but it would make sense and i would be delighted <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely and I, I i mean we don't need to bring uh matt murdoch or daredevil into it 
this would be a great way to reintroduce uh, hopefully Charlie Cox's mm-hmm. Matt Murdock as well it, in a backdoor sense, not not bring him in yeah. in the series. But if they have Fisk in, we know at some point yeah. we're getting Murdock. Like you, you can't really have one without mm-hmm. the other. Um, yeah, and it, it's interesting because but, I oh. it would almost be like a sort of a soft reboot of the characters. Like I think mm-hmm. I think all you would do in the MCU is you probably acknowledge that. Fisk and Daredevil have a a shared history and you don't really have to go beyond that. You know what I mean? I think, Mm -hmm. um, I I don't think you even need to use like the multiverse to explain it or anything. I think you just, you know, you don't have to necessarily go back and say, yes, those shows are MCU canon. You have to watch them. (laughs) But I think, you know, just setting them up as they have shared history because they are going to be slightly not watered down, but toned down versions of the characters for the MCU. I mean, Daredevil is a a hard R show (laughs) um, at points and extremely gory. Um, So I I still need to. watch. Oh, you have to watch it. I don't know. I don't know how I have have missed. Yes. I mean, make it a top priority (laughs) to go back and watch it, especially if it could, uh, you know, be recanonized in a way. Um, cause it, it was, I mean, just incredible. It's an incredible season of, of, uh, anything <laughs> of anything. Um, um something else, something else to mention. Um, I, I noticed just from IMDb and I don't know if this is a spoiler of some sort. I mean, we assumed that she was coming back based off of the black widow post credit scene. But um, Yelena Belova is apparently in all eight episodes of Hawkeye as well. Do you think that's legitimate or is that like IMDb? Because can't anyone edit IMDb? I think so. I I can't be certain, but it's still a possibility. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if she has a larger role in this than we're assuming. So, mm-hmm. um, um, I'm excited to see her in this and I'm curious to see if, you know, they end up coming to an understanding or if she kind of stays full villain, um, throughout this kind of antagonistic role. Or maybe, and I know we keep speculating on this, but maybe this is where we get a Thunderbolts introduction. <laughs> we'll just so. say it for every single, <laughs> every single, please fight. You yeah. let it happen. Please. <laughs> yep, it's it's gonna happen. Oh boy. Um, but I mean, it um, just this this show just looks to be exactly what I want it to be. I was, uh, I'm really happy with the tone and everything. I thought the trailer was awesome. Like just the Christmas theme, yeah, it just was. it it just seems so fun. <laughs> like, and it's gonna be dark at times. I think. Um, if you look back at like the Falcon, the Winter Soldier trailers, that made it seem more like a buddy cop movie than it or buddy cop series than it actually was and it was way heavier than we ever uh had thought it was going to be yeah that was a Mm -hmm. weird one to start this podcast (laughs) um but yeah you know i think it looks great i i love what i've seen so far of Haley steinfeld as kate bishop i mean she just it looks like it could be one of the best castings that marvel has done well, I I love her in just just about yeah. everything she does. Like she, I think the first time I truly saw her in something was in uh, the Coen Brothers uh, True Grit remake back in twenty twelve or mm-hmm. twenty ten, 
and like she just she sold me immediately yeah. uh, as the lead in it. So I'm I'm happy to see that she's st- she's staying around and is and is in the MCU now. Um, I remember when that news dropped, like nobody really predicted it, but as soon as it dropped, everyone said, "Yeah, that's that's yeah right. That's how it should, <laughs> that's yeah." Perfect. I mean, I I <laughs> love the character of Kate Bishop too. Like after reading um, the My Life as a weapon run, I went and read um, her solo Hawkeye run that was written by Kelly Thompson. Um, and it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Cause it, it's just a complete change of scenery. Like she goes out to the West coast and she's involved in some family drama. And then, um, you know, after that it's followed up by like a West coast Avengers run. It was, it was just uh, a lot of fun. That's where uh, the Brodock thing came <laughs> into play. I remember I showed you that. Um, so it's, it's cool it's yeah her character is just so so interesting and there's a lot of um, emotional weight to to her arc that she goes through in the comics and i think we're probably heading for for some serious dramatic scenes in this show um depending on the role that like her mother plays in it there is one thing that that the studio hasn't answered for yet and that's a a steve rogers (laughs) musical i'm I, I saw somebody on I think on Twitter saying that they want a full episode dedicated just to the behind the scenes. Yeah, of I want. <laughs> I mean, I don't even want the behind the scenes. I just want like a half hour musical. The just, actual. <laughs> just give me the the entire thing, um, please and thank you. But it, it looks awesome. I mean, the it, it's a great. I mean, it's clearly a great riff on Hamilton. I think is what they're going for from the poster oh, to definitely. the set that you see on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, it just looks like the most ridiculous thing and i <laughs> i would have never seen that coming that's a great a... and the fact that it's not just like a poster that they walk by but they're they actually attend it the show like, part yeah. of it apparently yeah. they're actually going to attend this i just that the, the context that leads us there is going to be fun to <laughs> fun to see there's a um there's a there's a rogers and, and hammerstein uh pun in there somewhere too i'm still trying to pull out <laughs> Between Steve Rogers holding the You'll hammer, so I'm I'm working on that one, but <laughs> <laughs> you'll get there. We're we're getting there. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see where this. Do you goes. think? Um, uh, I'm honestly disappointed that uh, Matt Damon isn't playing Loki. <laughs> 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 it reminds me a lot of the the uh, the scene from Ragnarok <laughs> where they recreate the Dark World. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to laugh this much at it, but like, who, who do you get to play like a like a musical version of Thanos? Chris Jonathan Evans. Groff. <laughs> Chris <laughs> Evans. <laughs> they should. Uh, you know, they should. Um, they should have Andrew Garfield play Spider Man in like the Endgame musical. <laughs> Tony winning. Oh my god! <laughs> or, or who was the? Or who was the guy that played um, played Peter Parker and, and turn off the? Dark? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> In the like month that that so... show ran or whatever, it didn't run very yeah, long, right? It was pretty um, panned pretty heavily, I think. Oh yeah, it was. It was bad. Not to mention that the uh, Bono and the Edge are the ones that wrote the music for it for some strange reason. Uh, it was um, Reeve Carney. So. We did a Reeve Carney cameo and <laughs> dropped in here all of a sudden. It's a nice little nod to 
to, to turn off the dark that probably should have never existed in the first place. There's a uh, there's a really good history I found of that whole mm-hmm. production. Uh, I for, it's been a while since I've watched it, but it's uh, it's pretty fascinating. Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of accidents like, involved, too, right? Like injuries and it almost seemed. Oh, cursed. yeah, <laughs> it was. Yeah. It was definitely cursed. Oh, boy. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to see where the mm-hmm. show goes. I just wanted to give a shout out to the to the Broadway mm-hmm. nod. Um, one one other thing that I think is pretty interesting is the circumstances that Kate and Clint meet, where she's wearing the Ronin costume. That's kind of uh, an interesting little. Oh, I didn't realize that was the Ronin mm-hmm. costume. Where yeah, that's so we have she, so he created imitators without yeah even trying mm-hmm. copycats. Yeah, so kind of interesting there you wonder if like does she idolize him because like he saved her family during his time as a ronin or something um i don't know that's possible don't know but very excited to find out and we are we're only two months away from that so by the time what if wraps up will be i think seven weeks away or so yeah and then we have the eternals to to get us between that all right. Well, speaking of what if, why don't we uh, why don't we kick it over to that? So Let's as we it. mentioned earlier, this week's what if is called "What If Killmonger Saved Tony Stark." There's a there's a lot going on yeah, in this one. There was a ton. Um, I I did like right off the bat, almost shot for shot, recreating the the uh, scene in the Hummer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was really really neat to kind of see i i did get kind of annoyed with the amount of non robert downey jr tony stark in this episode <laughs> like it just sounds i got I, used to i, it I did after. too but it just sounded it, like a uh um like a caricature a little bit <laughs> it did it did and at first and then like the more it went on the more i just adjusted yeah. to it and thought well he's doing he's doing his best robert downey jr impression mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, that was cool. And then uh, Killmonger showing up to save him and Tony never going through his uh, formative Character events <laughs> yeah, at the start yeah. of Iron Man 1. Um, and it's it. you and I had speculated when they released the mid-season trailer this week, we were like, oh, they're, it looks like they're doing a recut of um, Tony snapping and what's that? what are the circumstances of that going to be? But it was literally just <laughs> showing us the events in the prime timeline. So um, it was cool to see the that animated, though. I thought it was. Um, it was. Uh, I liked the way this episode started in that sense and showing how things went for him. And it was like, no, because of this change, he never becomes Iron Man. He never saves the world from Thanos. He, you know, we don't know the full implications of that, of course, but it, it was cool to to lay it out so plainly. Yeah. I mean, I mean the MCU itself just wouldn't be the same Mm -hmm. if that never, if that never occurred, because that's what leads in the world that we know, that's what leads to the Avengers being created. And, uh, it's what eventually leads to Thanos happening and Tony sacrifices him, sacrificing himself. But in this world, he can't because he dies a few days later, a few months later. Yeah, and I um, I forget what I was gonna say. 
Well, of, co- of course, Avengers um, never come together because this was Iron Man was the first movie. So if the movie never happens, then mm-hmm. <laughs> there goes the whole cinematic universe, right? And we never see anything. <laughs> If no one's there to film sure all of these events. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I I thought from the start of this that we were going to get a bit of a twist to show that the actual decision that was made was for um, T'Chaka not to kill Killmonger's father. You know what I mean? And Killmonger would be a good guy. That's what I thought the context of oh, this would no, be. I'd- I never expected mm-hmm. that. I heard I heard right before we started recording, I was listening to a, a podcast where they speculated the same thing. I, I never thought they were going to change his character. Oh, really? That is that's that's too rich. <laughs> I mean, Eric Killmonder has too much of a rich character text to sub and subtext to him that if you change him at all, I think it just completely destroys what that character is about. That's and just true. ruins essentially just ruins what what you're putting him into. Yeah. I thought it was a brilliant idea to, to put him up with Tony Stark and for Tony at, at a point to say, well, you and I were, we're not all that different, but for Killmonger to respond with, well, what's different between you and me is that you can't see what's different between you and me. Like, yeah, they might kind of have the same objectives in this, in a tiny way, but, uh, Killmonger is a much more radical mm-hmm. and more effective, uh, person to, get the job yeah. done and has his own way of doing it. Uh, I, I like, as I was watching this, I was thinking this is a great mix of uh, Iron Man one, Black Panther, Iron Man two, in some regards and um, house of cards all mixed together. Yeah. With the like political maneuver. I, I just, yeah. Like I was half expecting kill to just turn toward the camera and just, for a second. just killing everybody Start. that opposes him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I didn't, um, I, I thought, that's where they were going from the start, but I really like the choice to not go in that that direction of mm-hmm. making him a good guy because this is such a natural pairing. That's what I mean when I said earlier that it felt like the most natural and realistic quote unquote right. episode where it's like if Killmonger did save Tony, of course they would buddy up because Tony never abandons his weapons um Mm -hmm. ideas and killmonger obviously wants to amass weapons um and gain power to you know liberate people so it was Mm -hmm. it's such a natural pairing of those two characters at this specific point in time the only thing i it kind of uh made me question things a little bit was i was kind of curious about the timelines of everything because killmonger looked exactly the same as he did in 2018 (laughs) (laughs) that's true that he did back in 2007 yeah so i I was kind of wondering what was going on there they did show um (laughs) shuri and and obviously queen ramada as you know uh, around about 10 years younger i mean shuri looked to be probably about eight or so You know, it didn't even occur to me that, that that's why she looked younger until oh, you really? said it. Which is when, when I saw her, I'm like, why did <laughs> yeah, she she's look She's like so a six-year-old. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot she's yeah. so much younger now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is, is she really that small? But yeah, I guess she would only be like six years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I the... The two things that that really threw me for a loop on this one, one's a bit of a nitpick. 
but that that would be the um, fact that Joe Maunders a, a PhD candidate <laughs> all of a sudden. Mm. <laughs> like they he's he's supposed to be they're trying to put him on par with Tony Stark in this world at this point. Um, not to say I don't buy it because I think he's uh, I think he's a he's an incredibly intelligent person. But I just thought of it as a bit of a stretch that all of a sudden he's a great engineer that can build that wants to build what's essentially a Gundam suit. Yeah. Um, for his doctoral thesis, as he says. Um, but I that was that's a little bit of a nitpick. But what uh, the other thing well, is that if I could address oh, sorry, that one for a second, I think you yeah. know this in Black Panther we saw the plan that Killmonger has been working towards for years. So yeah. I think we're just seeing him execute a different plan. So in that sense, I could buy yeah. that, you know, this version of Killmonger, whatever happened to push him down this route in the past, he is now specifically targeting that type of knowledge to eventually somehow work his way That's in fair. with Stark or someone like Stark to, to get them to buy you in. Have a, you have a point there. I didn't think of it that way. That's that's a really good way mm-hmm. to look at it. Um, my other thing was that, when uh, when Killmonger makes it into Wakanda the first time, T'Chaka just welcomes him in with open arms after he's already killed Killmonger's father for wanting the same thing Killmonger does. Mm-hmm. I think that's a little bit of a stretch to say that T'Chaka would just openly welcome in his nephew that he didn't really know existed. Uh with the same ideology that his well, brother Well, he knew had. he existed because he took it to his grave. Because oh, he, yeah, he right. mentions right. it to Ramada, he says. You're yeah. right. Um, I knew about it. Yeah, you're right. He said, I kept it from you and everyone. But um, yeah, I think it still makes sense because they are kind of skeptical. It takes them a while to buy into the plan. But the the difference here that uh, between the Killmonger from the Prime timeline and the Killmonger from this one is... You know, he's brought an army to their shores <laughs> and he says it's the mm-hmm. outside government. It's not him that did it. But I mean, he that pretty much is him working both sides to make that happen. Oh, yeah. So I think that he kind of backed them into a corner where he has to accept him and accept his help. And, you know, now Wakanda is under attack by the United States. So we have to, mm-hmm. you know, we have to expose ourselves and get out there in the world. So it, to me, it's like kind of another case of his plan just executing differently. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. That's, that's not fair. to hand. I mean, just, to your point, though, you can't hand wave away everything by just saying, you know, well, it's a it was part yeah. of the plan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just thought on initial viewing, I just thought that was a little odd that T'Chaka just openly welcomes in this person who says he's Wakanda. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he. <clears throat> I'm sorry. He knows who that is because, and what's different is in the Prime Universe. T'Challa has to buy in who this yeah. is because of because he didn't mm-hmm. know the whole family does. T'Chaka knows at this point, and I thought it was kind of interesting to have um, T'Chaka and to, or T'Chaka sub in for T'Challa now that T'Challa is dead, uh, which I thought was a wild yeah. turn to just kill black kill the original Black Panther or well I guess the next iteration mm-hmm. of Black Panther. Um, and and kill Rhodey. Yeah. I that let's go to that scene for a second because um one it was yeah. interesting to see that like uh Claw's hideout again from Age of Ultron. 
Um, <laughs> I thought that was a neat, neat uh, way to integrate and call back to that. I just always want more of that character. In oh, Andy he was so good in this. Like his, I mean, obviously he's a great <laughs> voice actor, right? Like he's he's done motion capture yeah. and voice acting for you know, that's what he's known yeah. for. So he, I mean, he's just right over the top and ridiculous, but it just works so well. Um, I mean, this is the third time we've seen him in the MCU, but I just still don't get yeah. enough of him. <laughs> yeah, their decision to kill him off will will be a shame for a while. <laughs> It'll, I think it'll always yeah. be a shame, but uh, yeah. But Jared, as you were gonna say about the scene, yeah, with this scene, it was just brutal, man. Just from the it, I I really liked the idea that T'Challa would show up here, um, mm-hmm. and it was kind of a surprise for me. Like I, I was looking at it and when we had previously seen this ship and this is probably just because they hadn't cast him yet, but you would have thought that T'Challa would show up there like an age of Ultron. Right. So right. Because they reused that set piece. I, it didn't even clock to me that T'Challa would key into this and show up here. So mm-hmm. when he does, I thought it was really cool and it was cool to see um, a version of that civil war suit that we saw from T'Challa back back in that film yeah i thought it was interesting that um that that happened because for some reason i don't know why my brain went to this but i thought this this reminds me of like what one of the old comets would be where uh or t'challa as black panther shows up at his arch nemesis's hideout to to uh spoil the the rotten deal that's going yeah. down <laughs> Um, but you know what I mean? I don't know. A better it's way like, to a, say it, but like we're seeing like the reverse play out of like the, the what we would typically see from the hero's perspective. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So I, I thought it was it was kind of it felt like it felt like a throwback in a way, even if it wasn't uh-huh. intentional. Yeah. And then, I mean, for him just to down T'Challa and just <laughs> murder him. <laughs> I mean, it was just a shock. I didn't expect that. I don't know why I didn't expect no. that. I just. You just don't. I mean, how can you expect that? Um, and even more shocking was Rhodey. Like he just just outright yeah, kills Rhodey. Just asking why he's working for for the wrong team, and Rhodey says you have to be a part of the system to change the system. And then Killmonger just goes back to his, you know, what he always falls back on, and just burning it down and starting over. So mm-hmm. and just I mean, executes him basically. <laughs> Pretty much. Um. Yeah, that was that was tough to to watch, and and I'm gonna be honest. I, for some reason, I looked down at my phone whenever the, he killed Rhodey, and like like ten seconds went by, and I looked up, and the him or uh, Killmonger and Claw were talking about it, and I thought, wait, did he just kill Rhodey? And I like had to rewind it to make sure I yeah I understood what just happened. Yep, he did, um, <laughs> and that's punctuated by like the funeral scenes that happen, and that that yeah. to me was pretty hard to watch with like the Chadwick Boseman passing and everything. I, I, I was like, I, I feel like yeah. we, it almost felt like this scene was to make up for the funeral that we likely won't see in Black Panther 2, unless they just, you know, if there's some death at the beginning of it and they, they you, you could, could do a casket. You, you could yeah. write it in. Same way that they did Leia in the Rise of Skywalker or something yeah. similar. It, I'm not, I'm, it doesn't have to be, I'm not saying one for one, but something, I, I send the character mm-hmm. off in one way yeah, or another. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, that, that was difficult 
Um, and then I just, I was shocked they killed Rhodey. <laughs> I mean, I know these are completely standalone universes, but it still is, it still is jarring yeah. when things like that happen. Um, yeah. And, you know, it happens again with Tony, but I, I was, the one criticism I have from Kinda, this episode is I feel like Tony got chomped pretty hard. Like I, I, I know he did key into what Killmonger was doing after he had the quote unquote footage from Jarvis, but I don't buy that Tony would just try to handle it on his own instead of see, do I you? do. I do because he's still an egomaniacal. <laughs> That's true. Like he, I, like we said at the top of this, that he didn't learn his lessons in yeah. the cave that he, uh, that he still thinks he can do whatever he wants. And I mean, he rests on his laurels and builds the mech suit, or he builds the the liberator mm-hmm. to try and stop Killmonger. But I just, I just thought it was a little. I I thought it was pretty fitting. Like it, it didn't seem out of. Do you think he would still me. stay in the room with the murder bot and the guy who wants to kill him? Though, like, do you think he would like? Walk on the other side. Of, yeah, just get out. get out and watch. Well, he kind of he stood. I mean, he kind of locked himself in there too. Yeah. And when he put those shields up, I know he, he locked did. himself I, in. I, it's so, kind of a nitpick because it didn't it didn't hamper my enjoyment is. of the episode. I just you know talking about it, I I do. Uh, I agree with your point though. Like, you know, he hasn't been reformed. He probably wouldn't try to go through the justice system. And he says it outright. Like, I'm not looking for. Um, I can't remember exactly how he phrased it, but this something about how he wants yeah. justice. And I thought the fight here was and so cool between Killmonger and the was. Liberator. Like, yeah, you could see, I think Tony also just completely underestimated him and didn't realize who he was messing with, really. Well, and then we get the war between the U.S. and Wakanda, which was <laughs> really wild. I, I think really- that was the best fight scene of the series so far. It's tied with the uh, strangest fighting. Yeah, that was that was cool. Um, I I just really liked everything we saw from the Dora Milaje. Um, mm-hmm. Queen Ramada being this is part really... of the Dora Milaje was a huge surprise. Oh, it was awesome oh, to see her move. I know, like, like as a general, that was awesome. It, it, I didn't realize it. Maybe maybe they did mention this in the movies, but um, I didn't realize that she was general of the Dora Milaje before. Uh, before she was, well, I guess she was queen already, but I didn't realize like before the events of Black Panther that she was general of yeah. the... I don't Lange. think they had, maybe they had like a line of dialogue, but I it caught me completely by surprise. I didn't realize that was, um, you know, her role in the past. So it was so cool to see. I, I don't think they did hint at that before because the way he delivered the line of like, something and then he paused and was like general and then smiled at her and then it was meant to be like a surprise and then she jumped down to the front lines i was like oh this is cool it was so cool yeah. i think this is the first time we've seen the dormelange in battle but like i think this is the first time we've like actually seen like them and the border guard in like full combat yeah not with mm-hmm. each other not, united in, not complete cgi you united where you can actually see what's going on well, i'd so, argue it still was cgi but 
<laughs> well, tomato, tomato. CGI. <laughs> if, we're, if, if we're talking nitpicking here on thoughts and ideas, I was hoping they wouldn't the digitally recreate one. Chadwick Boseman after his passing, but Marvel has <laughs> let me down. <laughs> How dare you, Feige? <laughs> but yeah, I um, like. We've seen them fight in Infinity War. We've seen them fight each other in Black Panther. And we've seen them in the background fighting uh, well, in Infinity War and in Endgame. But like this is the first time we've seen them fight a common enemy in like one massive battle, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of interesting. And yeah, really it was a lot of fun. I, I liked Killmonger riding through on the war rhinos and just obliterating the, the murder bots. And they... Uh, I I liked the quick shot of Ramada looking at him and kind of being reminded of T'Challa and it, it was it was a pretty mm-hmm. touching moment for you know as fast paced as this episode was I liked that they they spent some time there to you know develop that and show that they were still feeling the loss even though they kind of accepted Killmonger as the heir by this point pretty much um and I I do like the political maneuvering of Killmonger, but it also reminds me a little bit of um, Mysterio, like creating the threat just to come in at the last second and solve it. And everyone, everyone loves you for it. (laughs) You know, it it reminded me a lot of that long con. (laughs) So after the war, we get uh, Killmonger being crowned Black Panther, which we kind of expected was going to happen based on how this episode was trending. Um, and mm-hmm. the most important thing here is the scene in the astral plane with um, T'Challa. I mean, I, I figured I almost was wondering if we would get um, Njobu, uh, which is Sterling Sterling K. Brown's character from Black Panther, mm-hmm. like uh, Killmonger's father. But I was yeah. really glad it was T'Challa here, even though they had only met in that one scene where he killed T'Challa. Um, but it still was pretty powerful. Well, I was gonna say Najobu isn't in the astral plane. He can't be. He was there in uh, Black Panther. Yeah, but he was still in the apartment. Remember, he wasn't. He wasn't on the astral plane with the other Black Panthers. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he because I think it was either because he died outside of Wakanda or because he had renounced. Oh, he can never go back um, to Wakanda. Because he can never go back to Wakanda, he could not be. Oh, right, right. Technically, right. he could not reside in the astral oh, you're plane. Right. Good, good catch. And because because uh, Killmonger is now the Black Panther, he can he he can now go back mm-hmm. there. He is back in Wakanda, uh, but he also um, because he's Black Panther, he can enter the astral plane. That makes sense. So that yeah, that's that's more than likely why we didn't get that in this episode. Mm-hmm. And also probably because Sterling K. Brown was doing other things. <laughs> yeah. To come in and do voiceovers. Yeah. He's already doing enough of those. <laughs> I I was happy to see T'Challa uh, but, here, though. Yeah, I, I loved that scene between them. With T'Challa warning Killmonger of what the power that he's acquired can do. And the way he acquired it, what how corrupting that can be. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely. Um, and then we end on another, another cliffhanger, as all of these episodes do. Um, <laughs> this one isn't... It, extremely interesting but we do get shuri and pepper kind of teaming up to expose uh killmonger so yeah right after uh ross says they're gonna drop bombs all over mm-hmm. wakanda 
for destroying the drones, but and for killing mm-hmm. Stark, but I just find it a little off-putting the way they ended this. The fact that it just kind of cut it was off pretty abrupt. <laughs> right when, yeah, right when things were about to get interesting, and that's just that's been a constant problem with this show. I think the only one that gave gave us a truly satisfying ending was the Doctor Strange episode, right? Exactly. Maybe even even the the T'Challa Star Lord was too. Yeah, and what I'm kind of wondering is, you know, we have we have a season two coming. We have three more episodes of this season. So, what exactly can we expect to see from the universes we've seen to this point? I mean, I will say I'm I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch the initial trailer, but I can vividly remember a shot where the door Milaje and Pepper are like breaking down a door. So that would kind of imply that we'll revisit where this leaves off at some point. I think we will because it, I'm assuming you watched the the mid season yeah trailer that dropped mm-hmm. this week. Um, I mean, we see Supreme Strange and Party Thor talking yeah. at one point about the zombies, zombie apocalypse. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we see the uh, the the Avengers, um, uh, like. Spinning shot, circle shot from the 2012 mm-hmm. Avengers, but with the Guardians of the Multiverse, yep. um, which Killmonger I mean, is a part of, correct? I believe so. So we still have coming up Party Thor. We have Vision as um, as Ultron, or as the Infinity Gauntlet. We still don't know what's mm-hmm. going on there, and we still have uh, Gamora as Thanos. Yeah. Yeah, so those would be, those seem to be logically the last three episodes. But I wonder where the crossover happens. Because <laughs> it's it's going to happen yeah. at some point. We've seen Supreme Strange with um, Captain Carter as well in a, in a trailer. So, I don't know. I mean, are those shots just to mislead us? I doubt it. Um, I, for this, yeah, I doubt that's it. That's too much work to... <laughs> try to pull one out like, to, low yeah. low value like i don't think we would get that much out of that no for for an animated series mm-hmm. that not everybody's going to watch i don't see them putting in all that work for infinity war and no way home yeah. i could see them putting in the work for something mm-hmm. like that yeah so i'm excited to see where it leads but even if there's no crossover and it ends up all being standalone i'm i'm pretty happy with it um i i i think this was up there with Strange as one of my favorites of the series so far. Mm-hmm. Um, it's those are definitely my one and two. I don't know which order they're going to be in. I'll have to rewatch them both. But I I really love this episode. I thought it was a lot of fun. It raised a lot of interesting questions, and it it just made sense. Like I, I didn't see anything in here that you know made me like really question what they were doing. Well, it's one of those things you don't think about until like it, the questions actually posed. Yeah. And, and that this has major implications for the rest of the MCU as, as Uwatu says at one point that like, we're going to, like if you start at the beginning and change something, then everything changes. So like just this one thing where Tony doesn't go through that character change and in the cave and build the suit on his own and realize the error of his ways the rest of the MCU doesn't really exist then. Yeah, exactly. At least that we're aware yeah. of. 
for all we know, Fury is building another team of different uh, Avengers that we're not mm-hmm. aware of. Yeah, there's nothing that says this can't be the Captain Carter universe, too. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> very well it true. Most likely is not, but um, but yeah, <laughs> I, all all four more episodes like this one. I'm curious to see what next week is. I'm guessing we're going to get to Party Thor sooner rather than later, and I'm I'm really excited for that one. I'm, I kind of hope so. I'm a little anxious for Hemsworth's voice actor. I'm curious to see how that goes over. But um, is it not no, Hemsworth? It is. it is. No, I said oh, okay. I'm curious to see him as a voice actor. <laughs> oh, I gotcha. Um, but it's I'm I'm excited. I mean, this has been a really engaging series so far. Spe- speaking of voice acting, though, I think we need to shout out Michael B. Jordan in mm-hmm. this episode because he was just mwah, chef's kiss of just fantastic uh, a fantastic performance he was he was really good um i liked his delivery of wakanda forever it was kind of different (laughs) you know they they Mm -hmm. had to it's an american saying it right so it it had to sound a little different and i think he did a good job with this it was kind of cool it was a little more visceral and a little more uh, more of a war cry (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) then which, which I mean, fits yeah, his character. exactly. I, I mean, T'Challa is a defender while Joe uh, Monders is an mm-hmm. offender. Yep. So it, it made yeah. sense. Um, did we get any other surprising return voice actors in this? I know we had Don Cheadle, Andy Serkis. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that wasn't Gwyneth Paltrow, right? <laughs> no. Um, John Favreau was back. All of the Wakanda cast was back. Uh, it might not have been. Was mm-hmm. it Letitia Wright as Shuri? I don't think it was. No, yeah. no, it wasn't. It was, uh, yeah. yeah, but other than that, yeah, the good, good chunk of the returning Jeff Bridges cast. Didn't come yeah, back. not Jeff Bridges. I... The Iron Man cast. The Iron Man cast, except for Paul Bettany and John Favreau, didn't come hey, back. That was that was fun to see Obadiah Stane again. You know, I never. That's a character you don't think they're ever going to go back to. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of missed that. Yeah, character. it was a good, uh, good intro villain, right? Yeah. All right. Well, I think uh, I think I've said my piece with this one. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to like here, lots of love. Definitely in the top three of the season so far. Um, still think Strange is number one. This might be two, and then uh, T'Challa, Star Lord is three, or vice versa. Yeah, those are my top three as well. Um, I think it's a pretty clear top three as well. You know, I think. I think my <laughs> biggest criticism so far as we start up the, the last third of this season, I, I think it's been pretty inconsistent. <laughs> you know, I, well, I, I, I didn't, I should, we should have anticipated that with an anthology series that not everything's going to be perfect and not everything's going to, and I'm, tr- I'm, I'm starting to accept yeah. that for what it is, but I think, and I keep going back to this, but I think my biggest problem with doing an anthology series is that do an anthology series. Don't hint that there's going to be a crossover of some sort at mm-hmm. the end. Like if you're going to do an anthology series, tell a clear beginning, middle and end of each of each episode and make them just their own individual yeah. episodes as opposed to cutting them all off at, at what you could argue is the climax or a climax in each episode. And than doing a crossover yeah because if you look back to any of the the um episodes they didn't really need 
<laughs> their cliffhangers at all. Like, I don't know what you're mm-hmm. trying to tease. Like, if we had the promise of more, I would honestly prefer them just to have these be hour-long episodes. Like, if we're going to get a part two for some of these next That's season, I mean. just make them an hour long, explore what you're teasing, and then give us a, a satisfying conclusion to it and move on. So, I, I, I agree with right. you. I'm... I'm hoping if there's a con- if there's a connection between them, it's in a more satisfying way. Um, but I'm also a little disappointed because I don't think it needs to be connected. I'm, I'd rather just kind of enjoy these for what they are. But we'll mm-hmm. see. I'm sure I'll enjoy it in one way or another. Either way. <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree. I hope I hope it ends on on a good note. And also, just as a side note, uh, we're getting Jeff Goldblum back for one episode as the Grandmaster. Sweet. Can always take more of him in <laughs> very good and if and if you see if you watch the mid-season trailer for this for the show he is a dj now very so cool dj grandmaster very cool i like it that seems like a natural um, progression of his time on earth for the um thor shorts before <laughs> ragnarok or maybe that came out with ragnarok i can't remember <laughs> I, I forgot about that yeah, those were good <laughs> those are those are worth revisiting <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna have to watch it yeah. before I go to bed tonight. I completely oh, forgot about so those good. shorts of him Darryl, on Earth. Team Daryl. <laughs> Daryl. Team Daryl. <laughs> what are we? Do you think we'll ever get a what if? I hope Darryl? so. What if? What if Daryl was? You no, know, they should just bring him back for a cameo in one of these. <laughs> I'd love it. I would love it. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if Watiti brings him in for Love and Thunder. I wouldn't either. Yeah, I could see it. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap. Um, we will be, I know we mentioned our Shang-Chi review is coming. It is still coming. <laughs> we are, it's, it's on its, on its way. way. We've, there, there, there have been delays left it's, and right on this. We're it's sorry, difficult guys. when you're uh, balancing life with podcasting, <laughs> life, work, and yeah, podcasting. Yeah, that's a... uh, the new live, laugh, love. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should make t-shirts and say that. All right. <laughs> Life working podcasting. I like that. The Holy Trinity. <laughs> if you if if you, if you would buy one, let us know. That'd be that'd be an interesting idea for merch. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't mind people giving us money. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um we will see you next time on infinity watchers for jared i'm john we'll talk to you later